Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Hope Reclaimed. I'm your host, Ellie Hope Collins, and I'm glad that you're here. It's on this podcast that we talk about active and practical ways that we can step into healing from divorce, trauma, and betrayal, because Jesus has already extended everything to us with his finished work, and sometimes he's inviting us to step in and receive that for ourselves. We are continuing a series today on living reclaimed. How do we live reclaimed after the stuff that happens in our lives, the hard things that happen, whether that's divorce or abuse or a breakup, um, just trauma that happens. How do we live reclaimed? Last week, we, we talked about how to reframe our view of God. And in that episode, I addressed how I came across reclaiming, how I kind of came and built this um, this ministry um, after coming through a divorce. And the first step in reclaiming our life and in sort of living reclaimed, living like we are reclaimed, is to have a reality, have a knowledge of who God is. And if things need to be adjusted, to do that. If our view of God needs to be adjusted because we have kind of a skewed one that we need to do that. We need to we need to adjust kind of how we view God if that's um, if it's a little bit off. And today we're going to be talking about reclaiming our identity. So maybe you have been in a painful relationship, um, a challenging one. Maybe you're coming out of that relationship, and sometimes when we're in those tough times, we walk away with a skewed view of ourself as well. We might have had somebody tell us particular things about ourselves that maybe aren't in line with how God created us. Maybe you have been spoken to like you are not a child of God, that you're not chosen, that you are not strong and courageous, and maybe you have come to believe that. Maybe you are in this life right now believing that you're weak and not capable of doing things of living alone you're not capable of financial independence maybe you feel that you are nothing you have low self-esteem and you just feel like you're nothing i'm here to tell you that that's not true that we indeed can step into the reality of who God created us to be, that we are strong and courageous and bold and brave, even when we don't feel it. And to illustrate this, I want to talk about a really cool biblical character named Gideon. The story of Gideon is found in the book of Judges. Okay, so if you're a Bible scholar and super knowledgeable, bear with me. I am no Bible scholar. (laughs) I am just a girl who loves reading the word. And what's so cool about the Bible is that it is alive. These are words that were written thousands and thousands of years ago, but they're alive and applicable for us today. So of course, everything in the Bible has context and And that context is important to be aware of before we just kind of apply random words to our lives. However, we have something called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when Jesus left this earth, he gave us the Holy Spirit. And he said, the Holy Spirit is here to enlighten you, to lead you, to be your encourager, your advocate, 
And the Holy Spirit works in us through the word. So he speaks through these written words to bring application to our lives, to bring enlightenment. What is these? What do these words actually mean? So I think that when we are believers, when we're Christians, we can read the words that were written thousands of years ago that are in the Bible, and we ask the Holy Spirit to speak through us, to speak to us through these words, and then we can apply that to our lives. So that's what happened to me when I read, that's, that, that's what happens to me when I read the word. I ask God, I ask the Holy Spirit to speak to me through this word, to enlighten it from my life and from my application. So in this, in this th- that's just sort of some context in, in which I want you to read your own words. <laughs> I don't want you to just have my knowledge and my or my revelation but dig into this yourself dig into this story that i'm going to be talking about in gideon to get your own application that's what i want to encourage you to do but i'm not going to read the whole story because it's kind of long but i want to just talk about it a little bit so some context here because again context is very important that the israelites are they're they're living in the promised land If you remember the story of Moses, Moses brought them out of slavery and they're in the promised land. And God, God did so much to redeem them and so much to save them. And God said, if you follow my commands, if you follow me, I will bless you. I will give you everything and I'll be there with you. But if you don't, then there's going to be some consequences. Of course, we know in life there are consequences to our actions when we don't do the right thing consequences follow, right? That's the natural thing that we teach kids too, growing up, like there are consequences to your actions. So the Israelites start drifting away from the Lord in the promised land and they start worshiping other gods. And then what happens as a consequence of that is that another nation comes in and takes a hold of the Israelites and they 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 come under the um, the rule of the Midianites, which are the, it's this other nation. And Israel realizes this and they say, oh, crap, we've screwed up. Let's call out to God and let's ask him for forgiveness. So they call out to the Lord. And this is all found in um, in Judges chapter six. They call out to him and they're afraid. But God hears them. And what happens next is really interesting because God shows up, not just to all of Israel, but he shows up to one person. He shows up to one person that he is calling and and he is encouraging this one person to bring freedom and bring restoration to the nation. And that person is Gideon. Gideon is found in this next scene sitting in a hole, afraid. That's what he's doing. In verse 11, it says that he is sitting in a wine press trying to do his job of uh, beating wheat in the wine press, hiding from the Midianites. So it's a kind of a silly little picture of him sitting there and uh, afraid. And an angel shows up and this angel says something so cool and so against 
how Gideon feels. The angel says, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. O mighty man of valor. I don't know if this is, was a sarcastic comment, but this is not how Gideon feels. Gideon is afraid of the Midianites. He does not feel like a mighty man of valor. But God is with him. And that is what the Lord is speaking to Gideon. He's saying, you are a mighty man of valor, despite how you feel. And Gideon says, um, no, that's not true. I am not a mighty man of valor. Why is the Lord with us? Gideon goes on to say that God did all these wonderful deeds in Israel with Moses. God brought them out of Egypt. He did all these things. He was with them. But God has forsaken us. It, Gideon goes on to say, God has forsaken us and given us into the hands of the Midianites. So he feels despair and he feels far from God. He says, the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now he's forsaken us. That is a bold statement to say to an angel who shows up while you're really afraid in a hole. And the angel goes on to say, okay, yeah, well, I am calling you to save Israel. Go in this might, he says, and save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. He's saying, I am sending you to do the very thing that you feel hasn't happened yet. <laughs> that, that God has forsaken you, but he is calling, the angel is calling Gideon to go and be that person, to be the savior, in a sense, of Israel. And Gideon says, oh, are you kidding me? I can't do this because I am the least in my family. I can't do it. I am just this small, insignificant person in my family and in the tribe that I'm in. I can't do it. But God speaks through the angel and he says, but... I will be with you, and you shall strike the Midianites. Because God has found favor with Gideon. So then Gideon goes on to ask for confirmation that this is actually true because he's afraid. And I'm, I'm not going to dig into any more of the this story today, but spoiler alert, Gideon comes through. And God comes through, through Gideon, I should say, God comes through and saves Israel from the Midianites in a way that was so unexpected, only using 300 men. It's a really amazing story, so I definitely want to encourage you to read that on your own and ask the Holy Spirit for revelation for yourself. But when we're talking about reclaiming our identity, the point that I want to drive home in this story is that it can often feel like we're not mighty. It can feel like we are small and insignificant and that God has rejected us and that we are nothing. But God has called us mighty despite our feelings. He has called you to be mighty and victorious and brave and beautiful and fill in the blank despite what we feel. The feelings are valid. The feelings are real. I mean, Gideon says that 
how can I save Israel? Because my clan is the weakest. My I'm the least in my family. I mean, those are all realities, right? Those are all real measurable things for him that say that he is nothing, that he is not worthy. But that is what God does. He takes all of those things that make us feel like we're not what we are called to be. And he says, okay, yep, that's real. But in my kingdom, I am calling you to be mighty, even though you don't feel it. So this shows up for us as things in our life that, and even people in our life that have pointed out that we're not enough, that we're not beautiful, that we're not chosen, that we're not worthy of love, that we're not brave or or strong enough or smart enough or whatever it is for you. There are people that have said this to us and we have said this to us, but the reality is God has called us higher. God has set his identity on us as mighty men and women of valor. How do we step into this? Well, we can step into it first by believing who God is, by believing that he is a good God. And and I want to encourage you to listen to the episode from last week, if you haven't listened to that, to reframe some of these views of God that we have in our life, if, if that does need to happen. But it also applies because there's this concept of spirit, soul, body that has been really foundational for me in thinking about identity. Now, I think that often this can be an oversimplification of who we are and who God created us to be, but it's helpful. And so that's why I want to talk about it today. What it can boil down to is that you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. You are a spirit being. A spirit is something bigger and and grander. You are going to live forever. You are a spirit. That is the core of who you are. You have a soul. This soul is our mind, will, and emotions. A soul is how we feel, what we think, and, and what we do in a sense. That's our soul. We have that. Those are real things that we have, but we are not our emotions. We are not our, our feelings. We're not our ideas about things. You know, we evolve as people. So we're not just our mind, will, and emotions. And then finally, we have a body. Our body is a real thing, but we are not our body. When we die, when this body dies, we're going to continue to live forever. So the essence of the gospel and the atonement is that when we become a believer, when we take on the identity of Jesus, when we say, I am crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, as Paul says, what happens there is that our spirit dies and it gets a new spirit. We, we, you know, in that verse, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. We're still alive, right? Like, like our body is still here. Our mind is still kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's still there. <laughs> but what happens in that, in that miracle that I am crucified with Christ, my spirit has died and I have taken on a new spirit. 
That's a beautiful miracle. That is an amazing thing. That is the essence of the atonement and salvation, that our spirit is made new completely. Hallelujah, right? Hallelujah, that's amazing. And sometimes where we think, okay, my spirit's new. I'm a believer. I'm a Christian now. So why am I still having these thoughts? Or why am I still feeling like I'm not this way? Or why am I still having this tendency and this, this desire to sin? Like, shouldn't I just be made new? Well, that's our soul. That is what needs to be redeemed and reclaimed. Our soul needs that. It needs that work. And our body does too. I mean, our bodies are wasting away. I mean, right now I'm having some like weird health issues and and I'm like, man, I'm thankful that I am not my body because my body is, and I'm fine by the way, (laughs) I'm fine, but my body is wasting away in a sense. So we need to remind our body, we need to remind our soul that we are reclaimed, that we are redeemed on the spirit level. So when we feel like we are not mighty men of valor, when we feel afraid of the Midianites or whatever it is that is coming against you, we have a God who has said, no, I have called you and redeemed you on the spirit level. And you need to remind your soul and your body that that's the case. That is who we are. We are redeemed on the spirit level. And that's what we need to walk into and and bring to our knowledge, even when we feel contrary to that. There's a a woman who's in my Reclaimed community. I'm I'm so grateful for the Reclaimed community. It's a, it's a, I call it a non-support group, support group for women who are going through divorce or healing from uh, marital separation or brokenness in that way. And there's this woman who, who was saying something amazing the other day. And she said, whatever, you, whatever lie you have believed about yourself, God believes absolutely the opposite. God believes the opposite of the lie that you believe. If you believe you are ugly, God believes you're beautiful. If you believe that you're dumb, God believes that you're smart. If you believe that you are inadequate, God says that you are more than enough. If you believe that you are broken, God sees you as whole and complete. That is the truth. That when we step into that reality and remind our soul and our body that that's the case, it is a game changer. It's a game changer. That's what happened to Gideon in this story. He was afraid. He was feeling broken. He was feeling like nothing, which are all real things. It's so okay to feel. But God says, no, your spirit is new. Your spirit is a mighty man of valor. So live like it and step into that reality, step into that identity. And then he calls him to deliver Israel from the Midianites. And that's what exactly what happens. I mean, that's a crazy story, right? That's a crazy, crazy story. So now what I want to do is I want to talk about practically how do we reclaim our identity? 
there are there have been real things in your life real ways that that people and yourself and other and and the enemy have told you that you're not good enough that you are not adequate those lies that have been told to you are real i I mean, I experienced them myself totally. And and sometimes I still have to, well, not even sometimes, a lot of times, I have to remind myself that those are not true. When I was going through my divorce um, over three years ago, I felt so rejected because I was. I was rejected by my ex-husband. He chose someone else. And that was a really, really tough reality. I felt that I was, at the core, rejectable. That I was a rejected person and that I would be forever rejected. It felt like that. It felt that at the core, there was something wrong with me that made me rejectable, that made me wrong, (laughs) and that I would be forever rejected. But that's not what God says. Because God, God's... God says, in my situation, I may have been rejected because I was, but he has chosen me. At the core, in my spirit, he's made that, he's replaced it. He's replaced it with his choosability. (laughs) And so at the core, I am not rejection. I am not rejectable. And I am so grateful for that. And as I believe that, as I remind myself, as I remind my spirit and my my soul that that's the case, I begin to believe it. I begin to to walk in that. And that's that's a really important thing to do, to remind ourselves over and over again sometimes. I put it on, I put it on post-it notes around my house sometimes. Last year, I did a a podcast series all about reclaiming my, um, my body image. I had realized that I was, I was uh, really struggling with, with poor body image and poor self-esteem in that way. And so what I did is I took a verse and I told myself this verse until I believed it. The verse was in Song of Solomon and it says, You are altogether beautiful, my love. There is no flaw in you. And I did not feel beautiful. I felt that I was not beautiful and that I was full of flaws. Sometimes I still look in the mirror. (laughs) A lot of times I still look in the mirror and that thought comes up. Wow, I'm not beautiful and I'm seeing a lot of flaws. My eyes go straight to those flaws. Anyone else out there or is that just me? But what I have to do when I feel that way, when those thoughts come up, is I have to consciously say no. You are altogether beautiful, my love. There is no flaw in you. So that was one scripture that was incredibly helpful. Another one that was really helpful for me as I was facing a lot of um, anxiety, a lot of lies that were just creeping up in my heart and I needed to remind myself of who I was. And the verse that I found for this was uh, 1 Peter 2, 9. And I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. And that's how I found it because I just I just love this so much. I would be feeling like, oh, I'm not too, I'm I'm not smart enough. I am not good enough. I am not beautiful enough. I'm not fill in the blank. 
And I would stop myself in that thought and I would look at 1 Peter 2.9 and I would say, but you are not like that for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he has called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And I love this verse because the very first phrase of this verse says, but you are not like that. When I feel anxious, when I feel afraid, when I feel unchoosable, when I feel unloved, I can say, no, but I'm not like that because this is who God created me to be. So you can have that verse. That can be yours. I don't own it. So that's your free gift right there. One practical way to be able to begin to reclaim our identity is, like I said, taking on these verses that we can stop ourselves, remind us of the truth of who he is. Remember, in order for a reclaiming event to happen, we need to do three things. We need to remember, we need to relay, and we need to recognize. So first we remember what happened. We remember the past. We remember the pain. We relay that to a friend, to a counselor, to God, we relay it. We talk about those things and we talk about the pain and the the memories that are coming up. And then we recognize. We recognize that healing is happening and it will happen. That God is working. That we are taking steps. We recognize the movement that's happening. So ways to reclaim our identity in this way, to have a reclaiming event, is to remember who we were in the past. Remember who we were before the challenging relationship. What things did we like to do? What, what, did, what were we excited about? What were we hopeful for? What were we like as a child? What did we play with? Sometimes that can be a great way to remember and to begin to take steps towards who God has created us to be in the future. Were those memories good? Were they, as a child, were they good memories? Were they bad memories? Did we, maybe we have a better idea of who we are now than we did as a child. But remembering the past is an important step in reclaiming. Relay it to a friend. Like I said, talk about that with someone you trust, a family member maybe. Um, I, am, I strongly encourage therapy with a licensed therapist. Talking about this is huge with a professional. And then we can recognize that healing is happening. It is always happening. As you continue to take steps and wake up each day, healing is happening. I don't think that time heals all wounds, but as time progresses, we take steps and that heals the wounds. You have a choice in how those steps are taken, whether that's going to be towards bitterness and resentment or towards wholeness and restoration in your personal life. That is the healing that we want and what is possible for you in your situation. Something that was really important for me as well in reclaiming my life after divorce was I took some time by myself and I created a personal mission statement. And this, it, it was an identity statement. It was a, a mission identity statement, how I wanted to live, who I was, 
how I wanted to live and and how I was going to show up in the world. And I would really encourage you to take a step towards that in and even just create one for yourself. It's a really powerful exercise. It can be really hard, but I I think it's a really really great exercise. If this is stirring with you and you're feeling excited about reclaiming your identity, reclaiming your view of God, please continue to listen to this podcast. Continue to listen in the next couple weeks. We're going to continue to talk about different aspects of reclaiming, um, different aspects of reclaiming our life and living reclaimed. But if you're also feeling stirred to dig in a little bit more, I have a online course. It's called the Healing from Divorce online course. And right now you can pre-order the online course for $75. It's an eight-week long program to launch you into Christ-centered healing from divorce and marital separation. It's a time for you to dig into these areas a little bit more and get some resources to be able to heal and heal well from marital separation and divorce. Hop onto that. Or if you're also interested in the reclaimed community, as I was talking about before, reach out to me. I'm happy to give you more information about that. You can find all of that information in my show notes. Or you can go to HopeReclaimedMinistries.com where you will find that information. Again, HopeReclaimedMinistries.com. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast if you are new. um, Give it a rating. Give it a five-star rating and write a review because it really does help me out. It helps other people find these resources as well. Remember, there is healing and there is redemption in Jesus. There's always hope. Now go and live reclaimed. We'll see you next week.